Okay, we'll make up for um, the city clerk talks really fast. We will make up for lost time. So good evening, everyone. Um, tonight is Tuesday, June 16th, 2023. And this is the city council meeting for the city of Alameda. And we are um, about to go into closed session, but before we begin, and um, this is also a hybrid meeting. And I noticed I was on Zoom earlier today, there was a Zoom update today. So um, the clerk will probably remind you later if you're joining us by Zoom to update. And um, with that, I'm gonna call this meeting to order and we'll start with a roll call, please, Madam Clerk. Vice Mayor Daysog. Here. Councilmember Soraya Spencer. Present. Jensen. Here. Mayor Izzy Ashcroft. Here. Four present, and hopefully uh, Councilmember Vella will be here shortly. Okay, and she's oh, no. joining us remotely, She correct? is joining us remotely, that's right, but she's not on yet, so yes. Okay, so maybe we'll send her a little message. Yes, I will. Um, okay, and so Madam Clerk, do we have any public comment on our closed session items? We do not. All right, with that, I will close public comment on the closed session. And I would ask you to please uh, introduce the items we are about to adjourn into closed session to consider. Great. At 3A is conference with legal counsel existing litigation pursuant to government code section 549569A. Case name is City of Alameda versus Sheehan. Court is Superior Court of the County of Alameda. Case number 22CV009959. Item 3B is Conference of Legal Counsel Existing Litigation Pursuant to Government Code Section 54956.9A. The case name is City of Alameda versus Garcia Sinclair. The Court is Superior Court of the County of Alameda. Case number 22CV009963. And those are the only two items. Thank you so much. So with that, the City Council will adjourn into closed session, but we will be back before this body or before the audience at 7 o'clock. So um, stay tuned. All right, everyone, let's go. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the City Council meeting for the City of Alameda. Um, excuse me, we're calling a meeting to order. Hello there. Hi. If everyone could take their seats. However, if you would like to speak on an item, Ms. Ashley Zeba from the City Clerk's Office is over here at the desk. She will take your seat, speaker slip, which you will find out in the hallway, right, uh, Madam Clerk? Correct. On the desk out in the hallway. So if you want to speak on any of our items, be sure that you have taken out a speaker slip. Okay, and now we are calling this meeting to order. And um, this is Tuesday, June the 6th, 2023, City of Alameda City Council meeting. The council has just returned from closed session. And I'm gonna ask our city clerk, Lara Weisiger, to please report out from action, if any, taken in closed session. 
Thank you. Um, so the city council heard uh, the two items together. They were two um, existing litigation cases, 3A and 3B. Um, one was city of Alameda versus Sheehan. The other is city of Alameda versus Garcia Sinclair. And um, staff provided information and council provided direction uh, by a roll call vote with uh, four ayes and uh, council member Hura Spencer voting no. Thank you, Madam Clerk. And with that, I will adjourn um, the closed session of the City Council, and I will call to order the regular City Council meeting. We start with the Pledge of Allegiance, and um, I would like to ask my colleague, um, Councilmember Harris Spencer, if she would please lead us in the pledge. Which is one nation, indivisible, with liberty. Thank you, Councilmember Harris Spencer. And we are going to um, start with a roll call, and our clerk will also explain what's a little unusual about tonight's meeting. Thank you. Um, Vice Mayor Desag? Here. Councilmember Harris Spencer? Present. Jensen? Here. Uh, Mayor Ezzy Ashcraft? Present. Four of you are present, and um, Councilmember Vela will be participating remotely. Um, she's not here yet, but she'll appear on the screen. We'll put that up as soon as she does join. And um, so, uh, you know, this is our hybrid way of, off, of functioning, but, and we'll also have remote uh, Zoom participation. And for those of you who are on the uh, Zoom, uh, it was updated today. So please make sure you updated it if you're gonna try and speak. Thank you, Madam Clerk. And, and so you did say that all of our votes will be roll call votes roll call, as, yes. as a result. Okay. And Madam Clerk, do we have any agenda changes tonight? We do not. I don't think so. So we do have proclamations. Usually I just read one proclamation, but this month at this meeting, there's two that I consider equally important. So I'm going to read two. The first one is um, uh, celebrating Pride Month. So, whereas every June, the city of Alameda celebrates LGBTQ plus Pride Month to commemorate the anniversary of the 1969 Stonewall Uprising in New York, which began when patrons of a gay bar fought back against a police raid, continued discrimination, abuse, and mistreatment. Whereas today, more than five decades after the Stonewall uprising, across this country and around the world, we see hateful laws being adopted, books by and about LGBTQ plus communities being banned, healthcare services being denied, and increasing acts of intimidation and violence taking place. Whereas the city of Alameda, stands united against and condemns intolerance, discrimination, and hate-filled efforts targeting the LGBTQ plus community, creating fear and pain by attacking foundational rights and freedoms. And whereas we celebrate the courage and resilience of the LGBTQ community's hard-fought victories to advance acceptance and equality and stand united with our lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer family, friends, neighbors, and colleagues as they declare pride in who they are and whom they love. And whereas in Alameda, the motto, everyone belongs here, is realized through actions that support LGBTQ plus rights, 
demand equal protection under the law, eliminate bullying and harassment, and teach dignity and respect for all. And whereas LGBTQ plus rights are human rights, and the city of Alameda is committed to building a safer, more inclusive future for all. Now, therefore, be it, resol be it resolved that I, Marilyn Ezzy Ashcraft, mayor of the city of Alameda, on behalf of the Alameda City Council, do hereby proclaim the month of June 2023 as LGBTQ Pride Month in the city of Alameda and encourage all Alamedans to recognize the achievements of our LGBTQ plus community, to recognize that all persons are created equal and to accept each other for who we are. Thank you. And then I have one more. And this is um, the proclamation of Juneteenth National Freedom Day. Whereas, while the Emancipation Proclamation of 1863 formerly, formally ended slavery, this abhorrent practice continued in areas still under Confederate control until the Civil War ended on April 9, 1865. More than two years after the Emancipation Proclamation was issued on June 19 or Juneteenth, 1865, Union soldiers dispatched by President Abraham Lincoln arrived in Galveston, Texas to announce the emancipation of more than 250,000 African-Americans still enslaved in that state. Juneteenth, Juneteenth commemorates this important day and whereas in 2021, President Joe Biden officially designated Juneteenth as a federal holiday, and in 2022, Governor Gavin Newsom officially designated Juneteenth as a state holiday, and Juneteenth is also recognized as an official holiday in the city of Alameda. And whereas the celebration of Juneteenth serves as a poignant reminder of freedom and justice that were long overdue, and also of the challenges African Americans continue to face in America, including disparities in education, employment, housing, health care, and access to voting, and disproportionate arrest and incarceration rates, and of how much further we as a nation still must go to live up to the values and ideals this country was founded upon. Now, therefore, be it resolved that I, Marilyn Ezzy Ashcraft, Mayor of the City of Alameda, on behalf of the Alameda City Council, do hereby proclaim June 19, 2023, as Juneteenth National Freedom Day in the City of Alameda, and call on all Alamedans to reaffirm our commitment to fighting racism in our community and our institutions to ensure freedom and justice for all. Thank you, everyone. And now we will go on to oral communications. And this is a time where we take 15 minutes now at the top of the agenda, where members of the public may speak for up to two minutes apiece on items that are not on the agenda. You'll have an opportunity to speak on agenda items when they come up. Uh, and then if there's still speakers remaining after the 15 minutes is up, there's an opportunity at the end of the agenda for more oral communication. So Madam Clerk, do we have speakers under oral communication? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, the first is uh, Sam Moriana. All right. Welcome, Speaker Moriana. Come on up. Good evening. My name is Sam Moriana. I'm a member of the American Legion Post 647, which is one of the veterans organizations that uses the Veterans Memorial Building for its meetings. 
I'm also a member of the Alameda Veterans Group Committee, which represents several other veteran groups in Alameda and includes rep a representative of the Department of Public Works. The major goal of the committee is to have the city improve the conditions that exist in the Veterans Memorial Building and to enable the city to use the building as a source of revenue by leasing it out for social events. The potential revenues could be used to offset the cost for the upgrades and ultimately contribute to the general fund. The building has a long history of past social events, which no longer are held there due to the existing conditions. Following on the upgrade projects in priority order, upgrade the eight men and women's restrooms. There's no hot water in the restrooms. Upgrade the heating system, upgrade the lighting system using LED technology. Replace the carpet in room 260, which is where we all meet. Sand all the auditorium rooms with hardwood flooring. Paint and install the entire building and install an industrial kitchen. With the help of a local architect on a pro bono basis, we've determined the estimated costs for these projects come to about $2 million. We suggest these projects be done over a five-year period, which means the project costs would come to about 400,000 a year. Since I'm now 94 years old, and I plan to rent the building, the kitchen and the dining for my 100th birthday, upon your approval of the five-year plan, I invite all of you and your guests and your significant others to attend as my guests. This will serve as a notice to you to save a date March 9th, 2029. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Okay. So um, members, members of the audience, I'll, I'll make an exception because he was pretty exceptional, but this is a, this is a business meeting and we need to conduct the business. Um, it's not the theater. So we don't applaud. We don't boo. We don't hiss. We don't do the wave, but a hundred years old, I think you could take that as an acceptance. So just make sure you have a really big cake. Okay. And normally I don't even comment on public comment, but, um, but anyway, so with that one exception, the rest of the time, we're just going to move along. Who's our next oral communication speaker? Madam Clerk. Uh, Joe Lopalara. Welcome, Lopara, Speaker Loparo. I know that name. <laughs> Hi. Good evening, Mayor and Council Members. Um, my name is Joe Loparo. And first of all, I'd like to say thank you to Mar Marilyn Izzy Ashcraft for the memorial address that you did at the uh, Memorial Day ceremony we held. And thank you, uh, Trisha Rara Spencer and Tony Daysog for attending. We appreciate it. Um, it's ironic that I stand here on you, before you on the day of 6-6, which is D-Day. And um, we lost 4,500 people there on the beaches of Omaha on that day. So I'm here to um, address as my fellow American Legion member, Sam did, uh, the condition of the building at uh, 2203 Central Avenue. Alameda Veterans Memorial Building. I want to bring your attention to the resolution 12737, which the city signed on February 7th of, two, of 1996 when they took over the care of that building from the Alameda County. They agreed to the use of the Veterans Memorial Building by the city of Alameda will not unduly interfere with the continued access to and the reasonable use of the building by veterans. To date, there's been very little maintenance 
to maintain that building in a condition that it was received by the city of Alameda. Um, we've lost the use of the kitchen completely. And as Sam Moriana explained, there's a lot going on there that needs to be addressed. I doubt if I'd ask any of you here to use the restrooms there. There, it wouldn't be appropriate. Um, but yet we ask other people to do it. I don't think you'd want to live through those conditions and I hope you don't expect others to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker. Susan Sperry. Welcome Speaker Sperry. Also, uh, it's good to see everyone. It's a long time. And I want to say, Marilyn, I think you've done a very intelligent job and handled yourself and the job with dignity. Now, I have an issue, and I called a Tracy and Tony about an issue I have with the legal department. They handled it very well. They gave me advice. They told me the ins and outs, not Tony, but Tracy, and she spent a lot of time uh, with me on this issue, and I appreciate it, and I expect others of the council to be very responsive to the public. The other thing I have is me and the bikes, right? Well, some of the bike lanes are poorly designed. I happen to drive right through one of them. And the thing is, is that was pretty new. Now I'm more aware and there's so many more. There's one bike lane behind the Del Monte that's bigger than the lane to drive on, the car lane, really. And uh, the intersection of Broadway, and not Broadway, Grand and Otis, it's, you know, they ought to think about re-engineering that. And anyway, um, I've got used to the bike lanes, uh, but, you know, being a little bit older, especially since you saw me, uh, it, I think if we eliminate some of these hazards uh, with driving, we have to pay attention to people who are elderly that are driving. In fact, in one of those rain, Thank rainstorms. Thank you, Speaker Sperry, your time is yeah. up. Thank you Thank so you. much. Our, our next speaker. Um, now we have uh, remote speakers, okay. uh, Todd Hickman. Welcome, Speaker Hickman. Yes, thank you. Tonight, I would like to back up my veteran brothers and sisters in regards to the Veterans Hall and the poor condition. That is a shameful situation that should be remedied. I could go on and on about the money I've seen squandered that should have went towards that, but I'm going to spare you that this evening because I have other things to talk about. Sam, I'm particularly impressed um, that you came in tonight. Um, I appreciate your service. The World War II generation is rapidly disappearing. Um, there's only a few left, a handful of veterans from that era. So hang on to your 100th birthday. I'm going to be there. It is on my calendar. I appreciate that. 
Um, I also empathize on the elderly issues about the bike lanes. Um, as noble and good of a cause as riding your bike is, I just don't see people on their bikes. And I see the hazard and discrimination, the excessive bike lane um, progression has caused the senior and disabled citizens of the city who are not able to use bikes and watch their parking spots disappear from more bike lanes. So I empathize with um, the speakers tonight on all of these issues. I would also like to talk about another issue. Well, first, actually, I appreciate the two proclamations. Very important. Um, I was very happy to hear those proclamations. Um, what I believe the city does need to keep an eye on going forward is the proliferation of batteries. Anything that has a battery in it um, loses energy. Energy can neither be created nor destroyed. The problem with batteries is the replacement cost. I was Ubering in a Tesla and I felt so bad for the lady that had kids, single mom that bought that Tesla under the misbeliefs. It was a $65,000 car that was like a $35,000 Camry. And when those batteries go bad, that car is going to be worth nothing. The Camry will still be worth $10,000. Thank you. And your time is up. Who's our next speaker? Joshua Altieri. Welcome, Speaker Altieri. Remote or remote? Yeah. Okay. Thank. You. Uh, good evening, Madam Mayor and City Council members. Uh, this is Josh Altieri, the Community Relations Manager at the Housing Authority of the City of Alameda. Appreciate your time this evening. Just have a couple updates to share from the Housing Authority. Uh, number one is we are moving, uh, preparing some move-in kits for uh, some of our emergency voucher holders. Uh, Fifty-seven voucher holders will receive bathroom, kitchen, and cleaning items. Uh, total kit value is around $450, and the goal is to provide these voucher holders with essential items that can help stabilize their housing environment. Uh, another update is uh, we're looking at expanding the uh, mobile recreation unit that's provided by the Alameda Recreation and Parks Department uh, to a second location at Parrot Garden and Parrot Village. Um, looking to roll that out this summer. Really appreciate the support from Pat Russi and the rest of the Alameda Recreation and Parks staff. I know the Housing Authority Youth look eagerly await the arrival of this mobile unit. We're also working alongside city staff and op Operation Dignity to begin the outreach for the uh, Guaranteed Basic in Income Program to Housing Authority households. So appreciate um, their efforts and partnership there. And we're also developing a plan to create pathways for Housing Authority youth 16 to 18 year olds to pursue higher education at a four-year, two-year college or vocational training. So we're hoping to expand that program and continue partnership with Alameda Boys and Girls Club, College of Alameda, and other community-based organizations. And then lastly, the Webster Street Hotel, which is previously Hawthorne Suites, uh, has been named Poppy Place in honor of our state flower. Uh, Pre-lease up activities, including interest lists and outreach will begin later this summer. And just a reminder that 60% um, of area medium income limit will apply. Thank you for your time this evening. Thank you. Our next speaker. And that was our last speaker. Okay, so with that, we will close oral communication, non-agenda items, and we will move on to the consent calendar. These items are routine, will be approved by one motion. Members of the public may speak for up to two minutes on the entire consent calendar. And following public comment, the council can remove items and speak for up to five minutes on each item, but recording a non-affirmative vote should be done without removal. So, Madam Clerk, did you want to give us any um, admonitions about the consent calendar before we get started? Yes, thank you. So, um, tonight on the consent calendar, uh, there is a public hearing to consider collecting the water quality and flood protection fees on the property tax bills and adoption of related resolution. And so now is the time for public comment on that public hearing. And that item would be five. 
M, M as, as in, in Mary. Mary. And yes. then is there an item where there might be a recusal of? Uh... Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, there is an item that has a recusal. Thank you. I forgot to note that. Uh, it is item 5C. And the city manager will be recusing herself from that item. Okay. And so then um, with that, do we have any public comment on the consent calendar? We do. Um, we have both in-person and remote. Um, so I'll call three in-person first. Um, Diane Applebaum, Stacy Rodriguez, and Eric Kozak. That's one at a time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. With Diana. Yeah. We're not doing a duet. Yes. Okay. Welcome. So first of all, thank you very much for including South Shore Apartments in the CIP moratorium. It makes sense because the catalyst for the moratorium was the South Shore CIP. And we hope that the moratorium will result in a policy that is fair to all renters in Alameda. At the May 11th council meeting, the mayor said, we're this close to trying to modify those rules now so we can address the South Shore situation these real people sitting here. And I'm glad you said that because there are real people still sitting here. <laughs> They're real. The mayor charged the rent program to come back in the fall with proposals about CIP, including eliminating it altogether, having some form of tiered reimbursement, and have a mitigation program for South, South Shore tenants. This third option suggests that the South Shore CIP might be dealt with separately and it would be very disturbing and perhaps unfair if current South Shore tenants were excluded from whatever new policy is decided on for the city of Alameda. To avoid that from happening, the moratorium will give you and staff time to demand accountability around the South Shore CIP. As you've heard from stakeholders, many of the so-called capital improvements were for long neglected maintenance or for curb appeal, we ask for further scrutiny of the 800-page summary of costs and, if needed, an independent inspection of some of the work. We also invite you to visit South Shore to see some of the major habitability and safety issues which were not addressed in the capital improvement plan. And here's the irony. A recent post on Facebook by South Shore says, Paradise found. Who needs a resort when you have access to all these amazing outdoor amenities at South Shore Apartment? Thank you so much. Um, perfect timing, too. Um, our next speaker. Oh, you announced him, didn't you? So Stacey is, Rodriguez. Welcome, Speaker Rodriguez. Thank you. I am also a resident of South Shore Apartments, and I would like to just send the message again that housing stability should be for all. I speak for all tenants, not just of South Shore apartments, but all tenants of Alameda. And if you're paying attention to the news, tenants across the United States are being subject to CIPs um, by landlords such as um, Blackstone, the, the owner of our apartment complex. This is a trend. It's almost um, insane how rents have gone up 90% over 10 years, as we heard from someone last council meeting. So I wanna say thank you to the mayor and city council for including South Shore Apartments community in the moratorium. This is a huge first step. Without protection under rent control, we are all vulnerable. I'm what I consider an average Alamedan, part of the fabric of the community for over 35 years. 
I'm also a member of an increasing population, which is a almost 60 individual taking care of aging parents and young adult children. Somewhere I'm getting lost in that American dream. My white picket fences are now barely hanging onto my savings and hoping that I can remain in my residence the rest of my time here in this beautiful island. So quality of life is compromised by living in fear. I wanna feel safe. There should be a proclamation for renters. Unless we win the lottery, we are all on fixed incomes. We've had no raises, inflation is out of control. We're dealing with the pandemic still and we all face economic uncertainty if, if not hardship on a day-to-day -day basis, thereby rendering all tenants as an extremely vulnerable population who, because of rent increases- Thank you so much. Your time is thank up. Thank you. I'm, thank you. Our next speaker, Housing our rights next speaker is up now. And then, uh, then we'll go back to in-person. Uh, the next one's Todd Hickman. The, the only way we can be fair to every... I'm sorry. I totally thought that it was the, onto that. You're right. Sorry, Eric Kozak's next. Okay. Good. And I was okay. just going to say, the only way I can be fair to all the speakers is to hold everybody to two minutes. You're doing really well so far. So take it away. Welcome. In last month's emergency meeting, the mayor brought up a series of compelling points in favor of completely abolishing the CIP program for Alameda. To date, the CIP policy has been used less than a handful of times by private landlords to improve their properties. If the South Shore application is approved, that would mean that the only significant beneficiary of the CIP program would be an out-of-town investor who is partially owned by the Blackstone Corporation, one of the world's largest real estate investment firms whose total assets are estimated at 90 or $991 billion. Meanwhile, longtime Alameda residents are expected to cover the bill for $20 million of property improvements. Improvements like South Shore uh, that South Shore has made are done to protect or enhance the property values. The mayor has also pointed out that the Alameda, the Alameda homeowners do not receive incentives for home improvements or maintenance. Their incentives are reflected in property values and equity. Why should this be any different for apartment complexes? South Shore's new rental prices have skyrocketed in the last two years. My current one bedroom was offered at $2,000 a month in 2021. The same unit would currently rent for almost $4,000 a month, roughly a 100% increase. There are nearly 250 vacant units in the South Shore complex. If all those unoccupied uh, units were rented out at the current rate, that would amount to nearly $1 million of income per month. Yet there are countless tenants who are facing housing insecurity even before you consider the additional CIP paths through expense. These include seniors living on fixed income and families working multiple jobs to simply stay afloat. I implore the mayor and the council to do what's right for the community and their constituents, not what will help Blackstone ballooning net worth in the CIP and find an equitable resolution of South Shore's pending application. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Our next speaker. Our next speaker is remote, Todd Hickman. Welcome, Speaker Hickman. Yes, thank you. Um, tonight, this is a pretty meaty um, consent calendar. I was really hoping the city council had learned its lesson and was going to back off on throwing so much into the consent calendar. Um, the CIP for sure should be an agenda item. There's at least three under, three other items in here that should be agenda items, but nobody's going to get any time to talk on those tonight because the CIP is such an important issue. So I'd like to remind the council that in the last year, only two times 
have we had nothing pulled from the consent calendar? And of those two times, all five votes were an aye. That's only two times in one year. Every night, every council meeting, we should have five I votes and nothing should be pulled if the consent calendar was structured correctly. So when I see something like tonight with something so big as a CIP hidden in all these issues and everybody is going to focus on that, it just makes me very suspicious that the city is trying to jam things through um, that really need more discussion by the public. So um, it's a shame that last month that we did not pass on the item to actually turn pulled items into actual agenda items as far as the speaking structure goes. That's a shame that the mayor, the vice mayor, and council member Jensen voted against that. That is a true shame. I'd like to give credit to Mr. Desog and council member Herrera for actually being strong and doing the right thing on that. And again, once again, here we are tonight with a very thick consent calendar that has at least four agenda items hidden within it. And this action just makes the public suspicious of the council, makes us want to dig deeper and just continues the suspicion of the council trying to hide things. This is very, very poor politics. And I wish you guys would get ahead and do it right. Thank you. Our next speaker. Um, now we'll go back to three in person. Um, Elizabeth Martinez, Doyle Saylor and Tony Grimm with Elizabeth up first. Welcome speaker. Martinez? Yeah. Right. Buenas noches. Good evening. I'm Elisa Martinez, tenants from South Shore Apartments. I'm happy for the CIP moratorium because it will provide the time to examine the pretty obvious contradiction between a CIP fee and a rent control. Each year, Alameda tenants expect and plan for a small percent of rent increase. However, last October, we were told that there will be an extra $300 per month rent increase over 15 years for CIP. The formula to calculate this 300 was based only on the $24 million of South Shore costs without any consideration of rent control. The process of all this has also been very confusing. Recently, we heard that the amount has changed to $170 per month over 30 years. Then it changed from a rent increase to a pass-through fee. Whatever it's called, it's still a large extra payment. And for improvements that were monthly, maintenance and cosmetic. If CIP continues to exist in Alameda, I hope the moratorium will provide time to establish clear criteria for what costs qualify to be passed on to tenants. Also, a fair way to determine monthly payments which respect rent control for tenants, including current South Shore tenants. The city of Los Angeles doesn't allow CIP of over $38 for each unit. Other places calculate CIP as a small percentage of rent. Most citizens in California don't even have CIP policy in place. For me, that will be the best solution of all. Thank you, gracias. Thank you. Our next speaker. Doyle Saylor. Welcome, Speaker Saylor. By the way, it's nice to see so many people out in the audience. We haven't been back in person for too long, and it's just, it's nice. There's a certain energy. That, I mean, it's not that we don't love our Zoom meetings. They're necessary sometimes, but it's nice to have all this energy in the room. Welcome, Speaker Saylor. 
Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Council members, for being here and the work you do. So I'm Doyle Saylor. I'm a proud member of ARC. That's the Alameda Renters Coalition. Our supporters, and I was just talking to them before I came here, tell us that there's strength in groups. That's what I'm referring to as South Shore Tenants Association. So we call on, on the renters in the city to stand with them. So it's a simple message, but we want to get it across here to everybody that uh, when we're united, we have strength. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next speaker, Tony Grimm. Welcome, Speaker Grimm. In person, yes. Okay. If, if council approves item 5L tonight, you, you will be taking a big step toward protecting renters in Alameda, and I thank you for that. But I ask you not to stop there, because according to the rent program's own figures, this moratorium will only protect 35% of the rental properties in Alameda. I ask you to put a measure on the, on the ballot, I'm sorry, on the agenda as soon as possible to protect the rest of the tenants in Alameda from, with the moratorium on CIP. Why should tenants, indeed any residents, not, be, not have the same laws? We all deserve equal protection under the law. You know, in 2019, we just got rent control in September. And six months later, without even having the rent control law go through a full year cycle, you know, the, the, the pandemic hit. Everything has been changed since then. We never saw, the city of Alameda hasn't even seen a full year cycle of, the, of Ordinance 3250 play out to see how it really affected tenants and landlords. And now the city came in and is trying to completely change it by putting an add-on to rents, which makes a complete mockery of the cap. When you add on, when you add on, add on a payment, it doesn't matter whether you call it rent, more, you know, rent pass-through, it's still a payment that renters have to pay. And it can completely goes against the principles of Ordinance 3250. So I asked the council to drop the idea of a council of a capital improvement plan until you see how rent control plan that you, you put into effect in 2019 actually works out. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next speaker. Carol Gottstein, and that's remote. remote. Okay, welcome to Speaker Gottstein. Gottstein. Hi, can you hear me? We can, welcome. Um, I just wanted to make a comment about item 5M. Yes, go ahead. Um, yes, it says it's on the consent calendar, but it says public hearing, which I always find rather amusing because how can it be on, on the consent calendar if it's going to be called a public hearing? Um, I, I realize that that's the way it's done, but this, is, this will affect my parcel. I found my address on the parcel subject to the collection. So um, I looked up to see when the public hearing notice went out because I thought I would have gotten one in my postal mailbox. I don't remember getting one. It seems they only went out by email. Is that true? I'm not sure. And, and they didn't go out until May 15th which isn't even 30 days ago. It just seems like a short window of time to put out a public hearing notice for a public hearing that affects so many parcels in the city. Um, I would think that most people who are affected by this don't even know that this public hearing is occurring. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and this is public comment, not Q&A, but when we come to that item, we'll um, have an um, explanation. 
from city staff about why it's on the consent calendar and what it what it means and what it will do. Who's our next speaker, Madam Clerk? In person, uh, Clarissa Gayton. Welcome, Speaker Gayton. Hi, and good Hi. evening. Um, I just wanted you can to raise the microphone up so you don't have to lean over. There. Okay, better. Yeah. Uh, good evening. I just wanted to give an idea of uh, what us as the tenants of South Shore have to deal with. Um, my husband and I have lived at South Shore for almost two years now, and it just hasn't provided the peace we imagined it would. We took tepid showers for the first two months because we didn't have hot water. Um, and then, I mean, it took, took us time to, to uh, tell them that we didn't have hot water because we weren't confused. We didn't know that was normal, if maybe there were issues. Um, we've dealt with issue after issue since moving in, and it's caused nothing but stress, anxiety, and headaches. We've had random pools of water appear on the kitchen floor on three separate occasions. We had to deal with an ant infestation, uh, our ceiling leaking dirty water all over our appliances. Uh, our sinks are always clogged because we can't, we've bought Drano multiple times, doesn't work. Um, we can't wash our hands and brush our teeth because the water just sits and it takes a really long time to go down. Um, and we don't have peaceful nights because of excessive noise. We've called uh, the office on multiple occasions and they've told us to call security. Many times we call security and no one comes. I've called the Alameda Police Department on multiple occasions um, and they come out, but again, the issue is never dealt with. And most recently, we've had to deal with rats since the last city council meeting. Um, I have called the office of the Alameda Rent Program because at first we thought it was maybe a dog. Um, we heard crying, we didn't know what it was and we live on the second floor. Um, but since then, we've been in contact with the office. They're aware of the rats. And instead of calling pest control immediately, they decided to let their maintenance try and fix the issue. Um, their emails, I have documented proof of their emails and what they've told us. And I'm sorry, your time is up. However, um, City Attorney Shen, um, whose office oversees our rent program, do you have someone in the audience here today or how can we... Um, make contact and communicate with this tenant. Yes, uh, Madam Please, Mayor, the REM program director, Bill Chapin, is in the audience. Maybe he can wave. Uh, you're welcome to connect with him. The the the, prim the primary means oh. for the. The, 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 the many concerns that are addressed by the tenants on quality of life issues through the rent program is a uh, rent decrease petition. You should also consider contacting the city's building and safety division um, that addresses um, I have, they don't issues. answer. So, um, so we're not, it isn't Q&A, but if you could connect with Mr. Chapin, he's right there on the aisle, wave Mr. Chapin. Perhaps you could even step out and just exchange um, contact information so that that program can follow up. Thank you so much. Our next speaker. That was our last speaker. Oh, okay. So with that, we close public comment on the consent calendar. Thank you to all the speakers and um, uh, Madam uh, City Manager, Ms. Ott. Are you going to take 5C first? Sure. Okay, um, great. So I'm going to recuse myself due to personal friendship. Right. Okay. So we will, and um, Council, did anyone have anything? We, we are, we'll, um, let the city manager step out because she has um, a personal relationship with someone in that contract. So she won't um, be in the room while we vote on it. 
So um, we will vote on that separately and then call her back in. So um, what I'm looking for then is a motion to um, approve 5C, which is, what is it, Madam Clerk? A recommendation, yeah, a recommendation authorizes assistant city manager to execute an agreement with Power Engineering Construction Company in an amount not to exceed 294184 for replacement of gate stems and operators at the Bayview leveling structure. So move. All right, we have a motion from Councilmember Harris Spencer, seconded by Councilmember Jensen. Madam Clerk, may we have a roll call vote, please? Vice Mayor Daysog. Aye. Councilmember Harris Spencer. Aye. Jensen. Aye. Bella. Aye. Mayor Izzy Ashcraft. Aye. That carries by five eyes. All right, thank you. Madam Assistant Jen. City Manager, could you possibly bring the City Manager back? Thank you. Okay, so um, now back to the, um, do you want to deal, Madam Clerk, do you want to deal with 5M? Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I didn't send out the noticing, so I think it's um, public work staff who might, or maybe... Yeah. Do you have a staff person in the audience if you'd like sure. further questions about 5M? Okay. Uh, Jim Barst's here. Oh, please. Yeah, yes. Would you kind of come on up? Thank you. Madam Clerk, do you want to just introduce item 5M while oh, we're sure. waiting for a speaker? Yes, it's a public hearing to consider collecting the water quality and flood protection fees on the property tax bill and adoption of related resolution. Good evening, Madam Mayor, uh, City Council members. My name is Jim Bars. I'm with the City of Alameda's Public Works Department. I'm with the Stormwater Program. I'm the staff member who wrote the uh, staff report, um, and I can say that we are implementing the uh, municipal code with respect to the implementation of our stormwater fee collection process, and that and anything else with respect to the decision of the, where the agenda item is with the meeting, I'll defer to the city manager. Well, there were some questions that a speaker that spoke about the noticing and the timing on the noticing. Oh yes, yeah, specifically regarding the noticing. Um, we, the, according to the municipal ordinance, we need to have the public notice in a newspaper uh, in weeks in advance of this meeting. And we have had the uh, public notice in the Alameda Sun the week of May 17th and May 25th. All right. Per the ordinance. Okay. Any questions from the council? Uh, Councilmember Harris Spencer. Thank you. My question would go to the city attorney, though, in regards to the amount of days that are required for that type of notice. Um, I, I believe could could our public works uh, um, uh, staff person share with the council how much noticing was done? I'm happy to comment. Yes. Uh, uh, I will repeat myself, just uh, there was the public notice that was published in the Alameda Sun uh, at the direction of uh, the ordinance. I'm not sure. And, and how many days in advance did you do it? Uh, it, need, it, it needed to be done uh, in two weeks uh, directly preceding uh, uh, in advance of this meeting. And, and, and your department did so? And that was done, yes, Great. with the assistance of the city clerk's office. Thank you. Okay, well, I believe you said May 17th was the first one. Uh, my dates were Monday. Uh, if you would look at the other two Mondays, it's not, not the immediate preceding week. We had to be in advance of, the, of this meeting here. Correct, but I believe that the sun comes out on Fridays. Of when I believe it's published on Thursdays. It was the weeks, uh, the weeks of, uh, I'm sure I don't have a calendar in front of me, but uh, yes, there were two successive weeks um, prior to last week. That was the public notice was published. 
And um, just for everyone's um, uh, clarification, uh, exhibit two on the staff report 5M is the public hearing notice. And down at the bottom, it's noted that it, well, the notice was published on the weeks of 515 and 522. Right, but those are Mondays, so that's what I'm, I want to know specifically how many days notice is required of publication prior to the hearing. And that, Madam Clerk, Madam I, Clerk. Okay, so it, it would have been published on 518 and the 14 day requirement. Um, it's well in advance of that because 14 days prior to tonight is um, only the 23rd. But there's May. two times it was published. Right, I the believe. first time has to be before the 14 days. The second time can be after. So it, it the first time was, it requires that the first time be before the 14 days. And there's no requirement in regards to when the second one is. Correct, just subsequent. Thank you. Okay, so what I'm looking for on this one, and thank you so much. If, unless we have any other questions, looking for a motion to approve. Move approval. Okay, do you have a second? Second. Thank you, Vice Mayor. May we have a roll call vote, please? Vice Mayor Jason? Aye. Councilmember Spera Spencer? Aye. Denson? Aye. Vela? Aye. Mayor Ezzy Ashcraft? Aye. That carries by five ayes. Okay, and next I'm looking for a motion to approve the balance of the consent calendar. Sorry, I wanted to actually uh, pull some items. We never were asked to okay. do that. I, they did, but go ahead, pull away. Okay. I wanted that? to, uh, well, 5M, you, I think you you pulled. I wanted to also pull 5E, and I wanted to um, pull 5L. Okay, and for the record, we just passed 5M, so that's not coming back. Correct. The 5E as in Edward and L as in Ryan. Um, okay, um, go ahead. Um, oh, well, that's, um, Madam Clerk, if you would um, introduce for us item 5E. Uh, a recommendation to authorize a price adjustment of $7,590 for a previously authorized purchase of three hybrid Toyota RAV4s from Freeway Toyota for a total amount not to exceed $101,741. Go ahead, Councilmember Harris Spencer. Thank you. Uh, so I wanted to uh, actually highlight this item. It is uh, for those of you that are following along, it's regarding the purchase of three hybrid Toyota RAV4s. Um, for public works. Um, and I want to commend the department for making that selection, that choice of vehicle. I think it's a great compromise. Of, uh, it does use gas. Uh, it's not 100% electric, but it's a hybrid. So it gets really good fuel uh, miles per gallon. It also has the clearance of met the specifications of what they were looking for. So I wanted to uh, commend them for that selection. I think it's a great compromise of all the uh, issues that they're trying to balance. Oh, and I see our Director Smith on here now, so that was why I pulled it. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to say anything else regarding uh, your actually, vehicle choice. Actually, we don't need to hear from the um, Public Works Director. Um, was there any objection you had, or you just wanted to share that information that's in the public record? Now, I actually would like to give her the opportunity. I pulled the item. Uh, so, so I'm allowed member, to... I, I understand that you did. I also understand that it's past eight o'clock and we're still on the consent calendar, and I'm not seeing anything controversial about this. And we do have um, our assembly member waiting to speak to us, and we have some uh, regular agenda items. I appreciate that, but I did pull the item, so I'm allowed to speak to it. You also pulled an item earlier. Thank you. May I continue? I, I did not. 
I, you should have though. We discussed 5M, but I'd like to be able to continue to speak on that. That I'm had pulled. to be pulled in order to take a separate vote, Madam Council Member. Um, you may continue. Thank you. So Director Smith, I want to thank you for joining us. And you may want to, if you could speak to the other criteria that you used in selecting that this uh, vehicle. Um, with all due respect, is there anything that is not in the in the um, staff report that you want to know about, Council Member? Yes, I was asking about the selection of this type of vehicle. Um, Welcome, Director Smith. Always nice to see you. Um, anything you'd like to add? Good evening, Madam Mayor, uh, members of the council. Yes, Aaron Smith, uh, uh, Public Works uh, Director. Um, thank you for the opportunity to comment or underscore our commitment to greening the city fleet um, in purchasing these vehicles. Uh, we did choose a hybrid given the um, use of our inspectors needing um, higher clearance underground um, and ensuring that they are operable on the in case of any sort of a power outage. So while they aren't EV vehicles, they are an absolute step in the right direction. And just for clarification for the public following along, I'm all for purchasing hybrids. I drive an EV. This purchase was approved in 2021. What we are simply doing tonight is approving a price adjustment because from the time we ordered it to the time we are to pay for it, the price went up, as you've all heard, inflation. Um, but um, anyway, thank you, Ms. Smith. Always nice to hear from you. So what I'm, else? I'm happy to move that item now. Yeah. Okay, we've got a motion from Councilmember okay. Spencer, seconded by Councilmember uh, Jensen. May we have a roll call vote, please, Madam Clerk. Vice Mayor Dayson? Aye. Council members Vera Spencer? Aye. Jensen? Aye. Ella? Aye. Mayor Izzy Ashcraft? Aye. That carries by five ayes. Okay. Um, Madam Clerk, 5L, would you introduce that one, please? Yes. Uh, final passage of an uncodified ordinance to impose a temporary moratorium on submitting capital improvement plan applications for properties with 25 or more rental units and for such properties and directing the rent program administrator to suspend and not approve any such applications filed on or after July 12, 2022, and reject all such applications filed on or after April 27, 2023. Councilmember Harris Spencer. Thank you. So I wanted to thank all of the speakers that came and those of uh, uh, those that have emailed in regarding regards to this issue. Um, I will not be supporting it as I did not at the first reading. And I do want to speak to it, though, because um, I uh, agree with some of the speakers that we do need to spend to uh, more time looking at what monies will be passed through uh, and what and what um, South Shore is entitled to under the policy that was in effect when they uh, applied for the application. I am interested in looking at uh, reducing the amount of pass-through. So instead, as other jurisdictions have, a lesser amount of the 100% versus 50% um, or 70% and whatnot. However, I do have concerns of uh, uh, reverting to the state's ordinance of requiring uh, or, or allowing fair return with no pass through. Uh, so I will not be supporting uh, today's uh, uh, vote. Thank you. Okay. And you were referring to a, an item that will come to us in the future, correct? 
Correct. All right. Now I'm referring to 5L, the second reading. Uh huh. That was the one I pulled. Yeah, but we're not reconsidering the CIP at this. But point. I get to speak to why I'm not supporting it. Mm. Uh, Vice Mayor Desai. Ah uh, yes, I'd like to move approval of 5L as um, stipulated. Thank you. Do I have a second? Councilmember Jensen seconds. May we have a roll call vote, please? Vice Mayor Daysak? Aye. Councilmember Spurrier Spencer? No. Jensen? Aye. Bella? Aye. Mayor Ezzy Ashcraft? Aye. That carries four to one. All right. Um, thank you um, for us getting through the consent calendar. It's 8.06. We still need a motion on the oh. remainder of the whole consent calendar. Oh, we, we didn't. Didn't we do the, oh, those were the pulled items. You're right. Thank you. Thank right. you. Yes. Any more items to pull anyone? <laughs> Hearing none, let's get a motion for Move the- Move approval. Wait, wait, council member, vice mayor, are you pulling? Oh, oh. okay, okay. <laughs> Who moved approval? Bella. Okay, it's been moved by council member Vella, seconded by uh, vice mayor Desog um, to approve the balance of the consent calendar. May we have a roll call vote, please? Vice mayor Desog. Aye. Councilmember Soraya Spencer? Aye. Jensen? Aye. Vela? Aye. Mayor Ezzy Ashcraft? Aye. That carries by five eyes, and thank you. All right, thank you so much, and um, thank you. All right, um, we have no item sixes, and so now we're, now we're going to um, go on to the regular agenda item, and I'm very excited to welcome to the podium um, shortly, <laughs> very shortly, um, uh, our assembly member, um, Mia Bonta, who's been busy in Sacramento and is going to give us an update on uh, legislation she's sponsored and also um, any um, questions that council may have questions and comments. So, okay. Can we open some windows? Thank you. Welcome, welcome, assembly member. It's a pleasure to have you here. And thank you for um, making time in your busy schedule, because I know you've been very busy up there in Sacramento. So uh, thank you so much for joining us this evening. And the floor is yours. Thank you so much. Good evening. I'm so happy to be back in these Chambers. Uh, I'm honored to be here today as I was just walking up the stairs. So I'm a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I'm so honored to be your state elected representative for Assembly District 18. And to my friends and fellow electeds here uh, on the Alameda City Council, thank you for your commitment to serving our city. I've called Alameda home for over 20 years. And I'm in awe of your leadership and the guidance of our beautiful island city. And today I'm actually very thankful to be able to be a part of this conversation. I actually started out as a renter in the South Shore Beach and Tennis at the time and really appreciate the voice of our renters uh, speaking today around the issues that they were, are facing related to the SIP. Uh, I've served in this role as assembly member since September of 21. And my team and I have had the privilege to work alongside many of you in the development of various projects across the city of Alameda. And most recently, I wanted to applaud you all on the grand opening of Dignity Village Housing. It's really a precious project and really speaks to the partnership that can happen when our local county and state leadership come together. And it's a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to address the 
inequities and affordability issues impacting so many in our city and our state. And the ability to do so in record time, 18 months, was phenomenal to be at the, ground making, uh, the groundbreaking and what a collectively uh, ambitious effort was taken on and it shows what intentionality and urgency accomplishes when we work hard together and what our community members deserve. I've also deeply appreciated the partnership of the Alameda Chamber of Commerce and being able to visit with so many companies headquartered here in, in Alameda who are leading the state in so many areas, including biotech, green energy, and sustainability. And I'm particularly thankful for all of our local entrepreneurs and working with the chamber again to get an understanding of how we can work together to ensure that our local businesses are able to thrive in this moment now uh, during an economic downturn uh, so that they can continue to be able to be a part of the fabric of Alameda that I've enjoyed to be a part of for so many years. And here in 2023, it has been a privilege to uplift for the entire state, the incredible community based organizations of Alameda. In fact, tomorrow at the state capitol, I will be honoring Alameda Family Services. We know that Alameda Family Services encapsulates what community means. We'll celebrate their decades long intentional work supporting newborns, childcare services, and family wellness, as well as launching one of the first of its kind in the, in the state related to alternative policing models, working with the Alameda Fire Department to create and develop the care response program, which is just a shining light of what we can do when we put ingenuity together to address our mental health crisis. This is the type of the care that our community deserves. And now I would like to share some of my legislative work in 2022. And you all have received a brief breakdown of my 2023 legislative package. It was important for me to spend my first year in office uplifting our collective community challenges and tackling them head on. Last legislative session, our office had 10 bills signed into law and several of my major priorities were incorporated into the state budget and regulations. The priorities accomplished without legislation included adoption of literacy for all, bringing over $100 million to support family literacy efforts throughout the state. It takes a village which aligned with a $12 million investment to support cradle to career approaches uh, to support our youth and to establish the Office of Gun Violence Prevention, making California one of the first in the nation to do so. And uh, with that, we had AB 2750, which established a state digital equity plan. We knew what happened when COVID hit and so many were left without the connectivity that they needed. Mental health services, health services, education, uh, being able to do anything really relied so, so, uh, so seriously on uh, making sure that everyone was connected in that way. And so we wanna make sure that that's something that is addressed throughout the state. Additionally, I unapologetically moved legislation that will protect women's reproductive rights in this post-Roe era, and that would protect the rights of LGBTQ youth and their families to ensure California is doing its part to shield women, birthing people in our LGBTQ communities from the attacks led by other states on their personhood and on their bodies. I wanna speak specifically to AB 2091, a bill I authored and was signed into law, which safeguards every person's fundamental right to make reproductive health decisions by protecting their medical privacy. We also address some of the gaps in our criminal justice system. Specifically, we had AB 1706, which talked about uh, cannabis auto resentencing 
which allows the thousands of people still carrying the burden of past cannabis conviction to finally be able to move forward with their lives now that cannabis is legal under state law by ensuring their convictions were reduced, dismissed, and now sealed as promised under Prop 64. And AB 2361, juvenile transfers to adult prisons, which provided a clear legal standard for youth amenable to tra treatment and rehabilitation uh, to allow them to be able to remain in juvenile court rather than facing a lifetime of continued entanglement with the adult carceral system. This bill already changes, has changed lives and has broken the cycle of incarceration for many children. Both of these bills are opportunities to give minors and adults a second chance, not only in life, but in the ability to be connected with their communities. With an Alameda forward legislative package last year, we also introduced legislation that addressed housing, our hospital and transit an exemption for Alameda Point for the surf, uh, from the Surplus Land Act to make more housing affordable while preserving commercial development and maintaining high quality jobs and wages in new developments, an ability to get a seismic extension for the Alameda Hospital to protect our island's singular emergency resource, and to support Alameda's ferries and WIDA with AB 2007 to be positioned to serve our community with zero and near zero emission vehicles. All of these bills uh, were kind of taken into, uh, well, a couple of them were vetoed by the governor. Uh, the, the common message by the governor for these uh, pieces of legislation were um, they were addressing uh, much larger issues related to surplus land, uh, our use of um, uh, the hospital or seismic retrofitting that needs to be done across the state. Uh, but it was something that uh, I continue to be able to be attentive to as we move forward. And there is no more important work that this office commits than constituent services. So here in the district, our staff advocated for hundreds of constituents needing assistance with unemployment claims, answered over 6,000 constituent emails and phone calls on issues of housing, the eviction moratorium, and liaisoning on their behalf with various state departments and agencies. And now in 2023, I have moved full steam ahead with some legislation that will continue to uplift our most vulnerable communities, not only here, but throughout the state of California. We just cleared the deadline to pass all of our bills out of assembly last week. There were some late nights and I'm continuing to uplift the life and legacy of our beloved supervisor, Wilma Chan, with my food as medicine bill, AB 1644 which requires medical plans to offer medically supportive food and nutrition as, cover, as a covered benefit. Currently, it's an optional benefit offered by some, but not all medical plans in the Alameda County. And it is a life-saving and quite frankly, a very economic approach to being able to address some of the health issues that are so chronic for so many uh, disadvantaged communities in our, in our city and across the state. And while this bill was held due to cost and appropriations, I'm committed to carrying on uh, Ms. Chan's legacy and will continue this fight until this bill is passed. And a very district specific bill for Alameda, AB 1706 and the Encinal Terminal Bill. At the request of the city of Alameda, I authored this bill, which facilitates the land swap to ensure the landfill development can be completed. This bill is being heard in Natural Resources Committee next Tuesday, so keep your ears open. And last week we passed off of the floor another reproductive justice bill, AB 793, a landmark bill to protect people seeking reproductive and gender affirming care by prohibiting the use of geofencing and keyword warrants, 
which are modern day general warrants. They were actually the cause of the uh, part of the cause of the American Revolution. And uh, now in this digital age, we need to ensure that we're protecting our Fourth Amendment rights and our rights to privacy. So we're looking forward to being able to move forward with that bill. Uh, it was it received a lot of energy and uh, and uh, we will continue to work with law enforcement and with uh, our reproductive rights uh, and civil liberties advocates to be able to ensure that that bill meets the obligation that we need to protect our universal privacy. And to continue our need for affordable housing, we introduced and made into a two-year bill, AB 846, which seeks to place a rent cap on units funded by the federal low-income housing tax credit. Um, that was the 10-minute limit, but our council can do, I'm sure, a really quick vote to extend your time. Um, Assembly member, how much more time would you like to have? The three minutes. Let's vote to, I'd like a motion to give the Assembly member um, five minutes. Um, additional time for Assembly member Bob. Five minutes. Okay. Second. Okay, and okay, so it's been moved by Council Member Jensen, sectioned by Council Member Vela to extend the Assembly Member's time by five minutes. May we have a roll call vote, please, Madam Clerk? Vice Mayor Day Aye. Council Members for Spencer? Aye. Jensen? Aye. Vela? Aye. Aye. That carries by five eyes. Please continue. Thank you so much. So this bill, uh, which is going to be able to ensure that our LIHTC dollars are actually used to be able to create sustainable, affordable housing is something that I will continue to work on with developers and advocates uh, as well. And I'm uh, the new budget uh, subcommittee chair of public safety, and I'm laser focused on reintroducing the R back into CDCR uh, through a budget lens, making sure that we actually provide rehabilitative programs for CDCR uh, in our state prisons. And annually, the state spends $14.5 billion on prisons, and only less than 1% of that is spent on rehabilitative programs uh, through community-based programming. So we have a lot of work to do. Uh, I also have Rehabilitation Works, AB 1104, which clarifies the purpose and intent of the California Department of, of Corrections to focus on the R in, uh, in CDCR. And lastly, let's talk about this California state budget. We are facing a $30 billion uh, uh, deficit or less revenue projections than anticipated. And I'm working to protect funding for many of our key community programs. Most prominently for me is working with our Bay Area Caucus to ensure that our transportation, our public transportation system remains available to everybody, participating in lengthy and robust conversations recently uh, to ensure that the state reinstates uh, the governor's uh, proposal of $1.2 billion, uh, which have been cut from the public transportation budget because we need our BART and AC Transit and all of the things that we rely on so deeply. And I've included in my personal budget request for the corridor improvements for the city of Alameda, many of which are in tier one high injury corridors for 258 crashes uh, from 2017 to 2022. And I've uplifted the support of the city of Alameda's day center, safe parking and overnight shelter at the day center. Uh, I wanna thank you so much for being partners in this work. Uh, our doors are always open and our ears are always uh, listening and our hearts are with you every single day. It's my privilege to be able to say that I represent the beautiful people of Alameda walking on that green carpet. And it's been wonderful to be able to see uh, Mayor Ashcraft often uh, at the state capitol advocating on behalf of, of all that is beautiful about Alameda. And I wanna thank you all for your partnership. Thank, thank you so much. That was delightful. And we are very grateful for your representation. Um, since this is an agenda item, Madam Clerk, do we have any public comment on 7A? Make sure we don't have any. 
We do have uh, one, Zach Bowling. All right, um, Speaker Bowling, welcome. Evening, Council. Um, yes, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to um, Assemblymember Bonta and uh, for representing us in Sacramento. It's great to have somebody uh, local to help us with um, passing needed legislation. I, I just wanted to quickly say um, on uh, speaking as a representative of East Bay Yimby, I'm, I'm proud to say that we support um, AB 1706 for the Tidelands Exchange, just so that we can get that housing built out there. Um, I'm looking forward with uh, AB 846 um, to uh, being able to support on that bill as well with um, on the rent increase bill. Um, there's also another bill in um, your package, uh, AB 1661 with um, electrical gas service successful dwelling units that was brought by um, the mayor in Oakland. Um, would love to support on that one as well once i'm not sure what the status of that is i know it's stuck in assembly but um uh would love to support there too but thank you for all you've done for um uh our entire assembly district and looking forward to continue working with you thank you thank you any further speakers madam clerk uh, that was our only speaker okay with that we will close public comment and open any comments from uh, or questions from our council council member jensen um, thank you, Assemblymember Bonta, for the presentation and for all of your all of the bills to support Alameda, Alameda, and especially California's vulnerable populations. I I actually wanted to follow up on, uh, or I had the same question as the caller. And um, can you can you um, advise what the status is of AB sixteen sixty one? Is that Moving forward, hopefully. Thank you. AB 1661 actually got held in appropriations. So we will continue to work forward uh, with the bill. The intent of the bill was to uh, offer some streamlining streamlining efforts to be able to encourage ADU development, uh, which would allow us to be able to have joint metering uh, with gas and electric on the main line. Um, and we'll continue to work on it. We believe it's a, a, a righteous bill and something that uh, I know in Alameda, being someone who's in the middle of building an ADU, uh, is incredibly important. Thank you. And um, yeah, and thank you for all of your work last year for Alameda Hospital for the seismic, um, the seismic bill. And hopefully we can continue to work together to maintain our hospital and our community in the future. Absolutely. And Assembly Member, does AB 1661 now become a two-year bill? Is that the... I, it will would be a reintroduction, a reintroduction. for next year, right. which okay. we will work on. Thank you. Any other questions, comments? Thank you so much. Oh, I'm sorry, Council Member Harris Spencer. Thank you, Mayor. I also want to uh, uh, thank Assembly Member Mia Bonta for joining us and for all of your work in our community and um, actually the greater uh, Bay Area. Um, I did want to follow up AB 37, your list. I appreciate the handout in advance. Um, AB 37, the first one on here. Can you tell us the status of that? I'm terrible at the numbers and I don't Oh, I'm have sorry. Okay, candidate two. Okay, candidate security oh, authorized so campaign funds to be used uh, for the security of elected officials, their families. Yes, thank you. Uh, so AB 37 was really uh, born out of the increased uh, incidence of uh, 
threats and violence committed uh, against both candidates and electeds. It's a very unfortunate bill to have to have in place. It allows for candidates to be and elected officials to be able to extend uh, private security systems to their staff. Uh, which are often put, who are often put in challenging situations as well as family members, uh, and to use campaign funds to be able to do that in a proactive way as opposed to having to have an incident happen and then get permission afterwards to be able to do so. Uh, that has moved through the assembly floor uh, and was voted on a couple of weeks ago. So it now moves to the Senate policy committees and we'll be looking forward to presenting that bill. Okay, and I don't know if our council has weighed in on that, but I certainly support that effort. I think that honestly, um, it's not just uh, elected officials and their families that have uh, had to endure uh, more concerns for safety, but it's actually, I think it's throughout um, at least this, uh, the Bay Area. Here in the city of Alameda, as you probably know, um, we've had an increase of, let me, okay, I looked it up today, but of approximately 28% uh, within the last 12 months of all crimes, part one and part two, and that's on the city's website. If you go to um, police, uh, our police department, for the past five years, and we do fiscal year, we've actually had almost a 40% increase in part one crimes. And so uh, here in the city, our legal department with our city attorney here uh, prosecutes uh, uh, as much as possible uh, crimes that are committed here. And we also, of course, have our police department. And I'm wondering if there is ever, if there has been any um, discussion in regards to grant grants that could be available to support our local city attorney for prosecution and also uh, police departments uh, up and down, uh, you know, the, the Bay Area, your area, the state of helping police departments, because as, as you probably also know, uh, we actually have passed uh, here a, a pretty significant financial incentive to be able to uh, hire uh, officers. Um, and uh, so so I'm just wondering if there's been any consideration of offering some sort of relief, whether it be grants, something like that, uh, to uh, support prosecution and police. Thank you. Uh, I'm very thankful that Alameda has been so forward in making sure that we are able to attract law enforcement to be able to have the kind of coverage that we need so that we can increase public safety. Uh, we have and I have uh, specifically supported several uh, violence intervention and interruption uh, programs and budgets associated with that. I think that overall the category of uh, funding that you were talking about in terms of in increasing our opportunity for public safety uh, would be covered in those kinds of grant opportunities uh, for uh, violence prevention and uh, certainly as a sub uh, public safety subchair looking forward to making sure that we have other opportunities to do so. So I would be interested to know specifically whatever those bills are if you could just share that with us at some point sure. that would be great so I, I appreciate that. I also wanted to follow up on this list that you have um, AB 1186 which is youth restitution mm -hmm. uh, what the status of that is. That also was able to pass off of the assembly floor and uh, will be awaiting Senate policy uh, committees shortly. That bill ensured that we uh, address the broken youth restitution system that we have, which essentially uh, creates a situation where youth uh, don't have the ability to have uh, meaningful accountability if they are uh, unable to pay the restitution that they need to. Uh, the majority of, uh, of victims who um, receive restitution when that when a juvenile is uh, adjudicated around uh, 
uh, an incident, um, uh, don't actually receive the funds uh, from the youth. And so what we're seeking to do with that bill is to ensure that uh, victims have the ability to uh, have uh, uh, direct support from the Victim Compensation Fund uh, for youth restitution and that youth have the ability to have meaningful accountability that is not financial, that is a burden that actually lives with them for into their adulthood, keeps them from being able to have good credit, have housing, um, and often to be able to get a job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm not seeing any other hands. Councilmember Bella, not seeing a hand up. Thank you again for joining us this evening, especially given your busy schedule this time of year. It's always lovely Thank to see you. you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. With that, we will um, move on to item 7B. Madam Clerk, would you introduce that item for us, please? Recommendation to accept the Social Service Human Relations Board Work Plan for fiscal year 23-24. Good evening and welcome, and um, we'd love introductions. Happy Tuesday. Great. Um, good evening. Uh, I'm Eric Fonstein, Development Manager with the Community Development Department and Secretary of the Social Service Human Relations Board, also known as SHRUB. And joining me tonight's uh, presentation is SHRUB Board Member Gerald Bryant. Next slide. So tonight we'll be presenting Shrub's work plan for the fiscal year 2023-24. And we'll review some of the activities from last year's plan, which was presented to the city council in April of 2022. And we'll review some of the proposed activities for the next fiscal year. Next slide. Oh, and if um, you could each use the microphone, we'll be able to hear you, Mr. Bryant. Lovely Sorry. to see you, by the way. Thank you. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Um, the... Uh, shrub board purpose is to create an uh, end on which to encourage uh, and brings about mutual understanding and respect and goodwill amongst groups of people in the community and to improve social services in the community as part of our duty that includes uh, basically adopting a plan for performance of its fine uh, of its uh, functions within the advice and consent of the city council. Uh, to meet at least once a year to review the plan based upon AMC 29.4F. Right. Thank you. Uh, next slide, please. A major focus of last year's plan, work plan was the researching and the drafting of the community needs assessment, which was presented to the city council on May 2nd. Also in the early 2000s, Shrub had sponsored a work group called Alamedans Together Against Hate in response to racially and other bias motivated incidences in Alameda. Its activities included creating a speakers bureau and no room for hate posters. Last year, Shrub created a similar work group to reinstitute um, re its focus with a more assertive proactive approach to community building and human relations. Also in last year's work plan, Shrub continued its oversight of the city's homeless strategic plan, made recommendations for CDBG funding levels and participated in the domestic violence task force meetings. Next slide, please. For this year's work plan, as mentioned earlier, the city council received and accepted the 2023 community needs assessment. 
Under the proposed work plan, future shrub activities may include circulating and promoting the needs of assessment to local community organizations. The data consolidated in the report may help local organizations with future uh, grant proposals. Also, over the last year, Alameda unfortunately has continued to experience hate-related incidences. The current shrub board recommends continuing its work on creating a welcoming environment for all residents. The shrub, shrub work group would uh, coordinate with other city initiatives to promote a positive social environment. This may include reviewing and or recommitting to past city resolutions. For example, in 1997, the city passed a resolution declaring Alameda a hate-free city. Also on July 28th in 2020, the city council adopted a resolution declaring racism a public health emergency. Under the proposed work plan, some of the public awareness activities related to homelessness may include reviewing the metrics for each of the um, goals in the city's five-year strategic plan, which is called the road home, and also in coordination with city staff, develop a plan to engage the community on the regional crisis of homelessness, and also attend uh, the collaboration, advancing resources, efforts, and support for city's homelessness, otherwise known as the CARES team, and which meets monthly. This is not to be confused with the CARE meeting with the, which involves the fire department and Alameda Family Services. Next slide. Finally, Shrub has historically been involved in the city's domestic violence task force meetings. I would like to give just a brief background on Shrub's involvement with the task force. It was originally created by Shrub in the year 2000, and Shrub brought it back brought back the Domestic Violence Task Force in April of 2020 because of the alarming increase in reported incidences of domestic violence during the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Meetings included rep include representatives for the Alameda Police Department, the Family Violence Law Center, Building Futures, the Alameda Family Services, SHRUB, and city staff. These meetings were also included in last year's work plan. We just want to clarify Shrub's role in these meetings. In the past, a Shrub representative has chaired and participated in these meetings, helping to keep track of the agenda developed by the city staff. He's also been involved in helping raise public awareness about these issues. For example, during the pandemic, Shrub helped to distribute what's known as the restaurant or the restroom information posters, which have the tear off emergency hotline phone numbers. These posters were distributed to local bars and taverns to post in women's restrooms. Under the work, work plan, Shrub would continue similar outreach activities during um, possibly during Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which is in October, and Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, which is in February. I guess it's next slide. All right, we're there. Excellent. So on behalf of Social Services and Human Relations Board, we would recommend that you accept the work plan for fiscal year 2023 through 2024. 
Thank you um, both so much for the presentation. And could I just say, it's always lovely to hear from you, Mr. Fonstein, but, and I really appreciate the public and the council being able to meet one of our board and commission members and, um, you know, meet you in person and hear from you. And um, the, uh, I think Mr. Bright and I, when we first met, when I interviewed him for the position, it was during the pandemic and I was doing all Zoom interviews. I still am just because it's a little more efficient, but so it's been a pleasure to meet in person. And I thank you so much for your um, work on this board and also for your willingness to re-up for another term. <laughs> so um, council, um, any clarifying questions, but I also wanted to check with the city clerk to see if we had any public comment on this item. We do not. All right, well, we'll close public comment on item 7B and we'll just go right to council questions, comments, motion to approve. I see Councilmember Herrera Spencer's hand up, so why don't you get us started? Thank you, Mayor. Uh, thank you for the presentation. It's great to see you both. Um, Mike, uh, and the work plan, and that's what we're approving on the um, on page, I think, I guess it's the third point on page two. Uh, human relations slash Alamedans together against hate. It says possibly change name of subcommittee to a more affirmative or positive vision. And I wanted clarification that the subcommittee that's being referred to is in fact Alamedans together against hate, that, that that's what's being possibly uh, being considered for possibly changing to something more affirmative or positive. Exactly. Um, to change it from something that uh, the city is against to something that the city wants to promote. All right, and I I do support that. That's something that I have actually mentioned over the years. I, I think that would be marvelous if you all could come up with something that's positive. So I think that's great. Thanks. Sure. We'll do Catherine it again. Jensen. Um, thank you. Thank you for the presentation. I just wanted to say, I, since I was on the school board quite a while ago um, in the early 2000s, but I worked together with um, the Social Service Human Relations Board on numerous occasions to support students in Alameda and support. And I noticed that in your work plan, you also, and, and in the community needs assessment, there is, um, you did spend some time asking young people in Alameda and students how, how they were feeling and what their concerns were and, and what they were hoping to see. So I, I really want to appreciate that. And I want to um, also, with regard to the work plan, um, I want to thank my colleague, Tony Daysog, Councilmember Daysog, for the um, Alamedans Together Against Hate and the anti-bias work that this council did in the past. Uh, that's tremendous. And I, I also appreciate that the, the shrub is keeping that work going as part of your work plan. I think that's really critical. And unfortunately, we are seeing we are seeing hate and bias incidents continue in Alameda. Even now, as we're um, all coming back from the pandemic, we're seeing those, um, we're seeing those unfortunately continue. So I appreciate the work that you're doing on that. And I also want to um, appreciate and say that I will support the work plan because the other issue that we're, that I'm concerned about in Alameda and, and elsewhere is domestic violence. And I think by focusing on that and collecting information, we can, we can really make a change here on Alameda and support all families and all, all people in all relationships to feel safe. So thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Vice Mayor Desai, Council Member Bella, anything from you? 
No, I just want to say really quickly, thank you very much for the um, work that you're doing. You're following uh, in the footsteps, standing on the shoulders of uh, great Alamedans uh, like the late Ed Dankworth, um, the late Lois Workman. And, and, and to this day, uh, Ken Werner is still in town. Um, and he was very instrumental in putting together Alameda together, uh, together against hate back in the late uh, 90s. So, um, you know, the, the work panel that you put together sounds fabulous. So we look forward to its fruits. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Councilmember Vela. Just I want to express my gratitude for all the work that's uh, being done by the um, by the committee and, and uh, put forward in this work plan. Thank you. And I'll just echo the sentiments of my colleagues. And by the way, I really like your proposal to have the shrub interact with or monitor the road home, our roadmap to ending homelessness. And so I just thank you so much. This is a, a really, I mean, all of our boards and commissions are hardworking, but you just tackle a lot of the most um, urgent issues that are out there before us. I'm happy to be of service. Thank you. We're happy that you are. So with that, Council, what I'm looking for is a, um, uh, well, this is a recommendation to accept, but we should do a motion, correct? correct? So do I have a motion to accept this recommendation to accept the Social Service Human Relations? Uh, okay, uh, Vice Mayor Desog moves. I would move to uh, accept the recommendation. Second. And Councilmember Jensen seconds. May we have a roll call vote, please? Vice Mayor Desog. Aye. Councilmember Ferrer Spencer. Aye. Jensen. Aye. Vela. <coughs> Aye. Mayor Azzy Ashcraft. Aye. That carries by five eyes. Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you again, uh, Mr. Bryant and Mr. Fonstein. And also out there in the audience from Community Development, Economic Development, Lois Butler and Marcy Johnson. Thank you all for all your hard work. All right. We move on to item 7C. Madam Clerk, would you introduce that item for us, yes. please? Introduction of ordinance authorizing the city manager to execute a fourth amendment to the lease with William Sonoma, Inc., a Delaware corporation acting for and on behalf of William Sonoma Stores, Inc., a California corporation for building 169 Suite 102, located at 1680 Viking Street, Alameda, California, extending the term of the lease for an additional 12 months with no extension option. Thank you. And who's, are you presenting that? Um, I, am not, I think Lisa Maxwell is online. So we're oh, okay. Her. Got it. I never know where to look. I know. <laughs> I forgot to promote her. I'm sorry. Okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We're, we're moving along. So threw me off because uh, we saw her in person a little earlier. <laughs> uh, uh, have you got her or? It shows she's here. Hope that the Zoom update was done. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. I can hear you. Yay. Welcome. Can you welcome, see welcome. me? <laughs> oh, right, just great. your little um, icon. Oh, dear. I, I can uh, show her now. Oops, oh, we can see her. Uh, yeah, I think okay. James and I did at the same time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are we good? Yes, we're good. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Madam Mayor, City Council members, Lisa Maxwell, the Community Development Director. I'm here tonight to give you a brief presentation on the amendment to the lease for the building 169 with William Sonoma Inc. Next slide, please. Thank you. This gives you a little background about um, this particular amendment and the tenant, as noted, William Sonoma. It's at Viking Street in Orange, 
I can never pronounce this correctly. Or Ritzkini. <laughs> Thank you so much, Madam Mayor. Um, and they use it as a retail home furnishing store, sort of an outlet of sorts. It's about 43,000 square feet. And they've been there since 2017. Next slide. Um, they're planning to stay in this space actually for only another year. The term commences retroactively on April 30th. It terminates on April 30th of 2024 without any extension options. Um, this has not been a profitable endeavor for Williams-Sonoma, and they're going to discontinue operations in a one-year period. So this one year will be used to wind down their operations. Um, they haven't had a rent increase in a bit, though, and have agreed to go from 50 cents per square foot to 70 cents per square foot, which is 104,000 increase to the city for the one year period. Next slide. Um, as noted, this is the Fourth Amendment to the lease. This will be um, provide both parties a six-month termination right. This gives the city the opportunity to capitalize on any potential opportunities that might present themselves. Um, and they will increase their security deposit to $30,348.50 for this one-year period um, to, that's consistent with their increase in rent. Next slide. So as noted, brief presentation, just introduction of an ordinance authorizing the city manager to execute a fourth amendment to the lease with William Sonoma for one year extension of term, no extension option and an increase in rent as well as the security deposit. Thank you very much. I'm open for questions. Thank you so much, Ms. Maxwell. And Madam Clerk, do we, there you are. Oh, because we can see you because the presentation <laughs> yes, is up. So Got sorry it. It's you. Um, do we have public speakers on this item? We do not. Okay, we'll close public uh, comment on item 7C and I'll open it to council comment questions or motion or all of the above. Council member Harris Spencer. I wanted to comment that I think that they've been a great tenant and we've been very fortunate to have them here. And I think a lot of people actually don't know that they're here. I was speaking with someone recently who was surprised uh, that they're here. Um, so I do strong. So I'm saddened that they're going to be leaving, and I do want to note that date. Uh, you know that they're winding down now, and the last date would be April 30th, uh, less than a year from now. So I, I do, and they're at 169 Viking. I strongly encourage everyone that has anything they want to buy that's mm -hmm. at all William Sonoma related. Look it up, go out there. You can get some amazing deals. And honestly, it's, I think it's, you know, the best, one of the best kept secrets in this town, but I did want to, um, you know, share how lucky we've been to have them here. And I'm, you know, I'm happy you were able to negotiate even, you know, 11 more months or whatever it's going to turn out to be. Uh, so, and I will move the item if that's all right. I'm going to say, I'm going to miss them too. It's a great place to shop, <laughs> get some great bargains. We've got a motion to approve this um, extension of the lease to have a second. A second by council member Jensen. Any further comments? Let's take a roll call vote. Vice Mayor Daysag. Aye. Council members Horace Spencer. Aye. Jensen. Aye. Vela. Aye. Mayor Azzy Ashcraft. Aye. That motion carries unanimously. Oh, very nice. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Maxwell. Appreciate that. Okay. Moving right along. My goodness. You're moving right along. Um, we come to item eight, which is city manager communication, city manager, Jennifer Ott. 
floor is yours. So I do have a number of items to communicate. Uh, first is that as, requir as required by the city sunshine ordinance, I'd like to provide 30 days notice that the city will be initiating bargaining with one safety bargaining unit, the International Association of Firefighters. The current MOU was extended through December 2023 and can be found on the city's website on the human resource resources page and negotiations will begin in July. We are also currently seeking feedback on the city's draft vision and priorities and are asking community as related to the city's draft strategic plan and asking community members to prioritize a list of projects that will be included in our three-year strategic plan. We have an online survey and a list of pop-up events at Alameda ca.gov forward slash strategic plan. And a big thank you to Sarah Henry, our communications director, who's been leading that and going to a lot of those events and doing a great job organizing that. This Sunday, June 11th is the last day to sign up to be in the parade. So check the city's website for more information and to sign up. This Saturday also, uh, well, this Saturday, June 10th is the 55th annual Sandcastle and Sand Sculpture contest from nine to one at Crown Beach. And everyone is welcome to join the fun and see the amazing sandcastles being produced. Next Tuesday, June 13th, please join us for the virtual meeting about the Grand, Grand Street safety improvements being proposed from Shoreline to Clement. Um, and then finally, congrats to everyone who graduated high school last week and are graduating this week. Thank you very much. Or middle school. Or middle school, that's right. <laughs> I think you might have some personal experience. Yes, maybe. and I think our, uh, our assistant city manager does as well. Oh, yeah. Lots of celebrations. Thank you, um, city manager. Uh, and so then we move on to item nine, oral communications, not agenda items. Madam Clerk? Sorry, agenda. Uh, we do not have any speakers. Okay, we close item nine and we go on to item 10, but we have no council referrals. So we go on to item 11, council communications. Um, Madam Clerk, help me out here. Do I do my nominations before or after the? Yes, you can do them first. Yes. First, okay. So, yeah. All right. So um, I am in the middle of um, reviewing um, lots of um, applications for boards and commissions. And any of you who have uh, applied, I want you to know that I read every um, application myself. So does staff who staffs a particular board or commission. I look at your resumes, your link to your LinkedIn page, and we have some amazing candidates. So it's a two-part process. The council knows that the first step is after um, staff and I interview uh, or and deliberate, then I make my nominations, just an announcement. And then at the next meeting, we will vote on those. And I do have to stop and pause to say a huge thanks to Ashley Zeba from the city clerk's office. Oh my goodness, she keeps me organized, which is no small task. And um, with a great Dropbox setup, so I can just, you know, go to a particular border commission and read through all those applications late at night, but it's just, it's wonderfully organized and, and thank you all for applying. So the first two, we're not gonna do public art commission. We weren't quite ready to bring that forward. We thought we were, but next time. Um, but what I'm doing with both the Housing Authority Board of Commissioners and also the Planning Board, and again, I work with the staff, whoever um, staffs that particular board or commission. We look at all the applications. In both of these bodies, the staff person, and I agreed with them, said, you know, the incumbent whose first term is ending but is eligible to reapply 
it's really strong. They'd like to reapply if that's okay with you, Mayor, and it's okay with me. So, um, you know, Madam Clerk, I should have those names, but remind me who the, could you um, remind Carly, me? Carly Grobe is the- Carly Grobe from the Housing Authority Board of Commissioners, really strong um, commissioner. She would like to serve a second term and I nominate her. And from the planning board- Hanson Hom and Teresa Ruiz. Right, Hanson Hom and Teresa Ruiz, both come with fantastic background experience. And so at our next meeting on June the 20th, those, those names will come to you um, for a vote. And um, that is all for my um, appointments, uh, my nominations for this time around. Perfect, okay. thank you. Welcome. And um, so the, the minutes are just in there for the record, is that correct? They are, um, I just Great. had a really quick comment. Oh, sure. Well, and in fact, um, I'll open it to council communications oh. now. You want to start? You're okay, the vice yes. mayor. Go right ahead. Uh, thank you very much, Mayor. Um, I just want to say several things for council communications. First and foremost, I want to give a big shout out to Sarah Henry and her staff um, for manning the um, survey for the Alameda survey thing. Because um, from uh, my home on the second floor, I can see her <laughs> actively, um, you know, engaging with the citizenry and, and getting their input and her and her staff. So just want to say, you know, um, big shout out to, for, for, for the yeoman's work on that. Much really appreciate it. Look great. Um, the second thing is, I just want to quickly say, I included a council member, uh, Tracy Jensen and myself, uh, we had included um, the minutes from the last joint um, city council AUSD meeting um, in the uh, council communications packet, um, just because there's just so many fabulous items in there that just are so exciting. And I just wanted to, you know, make sure that that, that it's always there for, for the public to see, but what the school district and the city council is working on together. I don't know if Councilman Jensen, if you have comments. Oh, wait, okay, um, I'll continue. Um, I also wanna say that this past Saturday on behalf of the mayor, I had attended the, um, uh, the Bay Area Walk for Hearing event uh, at the um, Crab, uh, at, at, at um, uh, Crown Memorial Beach. Um, it was great to see so many people from uh, throughout the Bay Area kind of come to Alameda to walk a, a certain path um, uh, to, you know, um, take note of, of, of hearing impaired and the challenges that they face and, and, and the obstacles that they're overcoming. Um, I also want to note that uh, school board member um, Jennifer Williams was also in attendance, so, so that was a great event. Um, Finally, I just also want to quickly mention um, that council member uh, Tracy Jensen and I also had attended uh, the city council AC transit liaison meeting. Um, and there was, you know, a major um, topic um, uh, that was discussed and it, does, it had to do with AC transit, trying to survey, you know, what are the um, needs and priorities of different communities and, and residents because they are, as you've heard earlier from um, State Assembly Member Bonta, they are facing a public transit um, financial um, uh, situation. Um, so there might be some very serious decisions that the AC Transit Board will have to make, but one of the um, uh, outcomes of the meeting that uh, Council Member Jensen and I had um, attended in conjunction with um, AC Transit Board Member Sarah Syed and Chris 
Peoples, I believe, um, uh, was that you know they'll make sure to come to the city of Alameda as well as city council before making some decisions, um, uh, some tough decisions that they will have to make. So those are the three things um, that I uh, wanted to mention. And so thank you very much. Thank you, and we'll, we'll stand that side of the dais, Councilmember Jensen. Um, thank you, and thank you to Councilmember Desog for putting the minutes um, from the the city council school board meeting into the agenda. I would just urge people to take a look at it because it, you can see what the bond funds that uh, the bond that Alameda passed are being used for. And it's exciting to see what's gonna happen um, probably around the same time that we, we, the city get the bike path built on Grand Street between Shoreline and um, Otis. There will be some construction beginning at Lum School to establish a beautiful new field, a new, um, athletic field for Alameda High School and for for um, to expand and, and address the the um, aging Thompson field, which many of us have spent time on. I think the mayor may be there to help with graduation in a few days, probably. So yeah, I'm not the speaker this year. <laughs> that was last year. Um, it, other things um, also, as um, Tony mentioned, we I, excuse me, Vice Mayor Desog mentioned we've been um, meeting with AC Transit and they are doing a, a good job in unfortunately challenging situation with transit dollars and, and ridership being reduced. I, in um, May, I actually did several meetings. I'm, thank you, Mayor Ashcroft for appointing me to the Stop Waste Board of the Alameda County Waste Management Authority. There's uh, many, many things going on to improve our recycling and reuse. And I'm trying to share that information as I get it, but I'd urge people to go to the Stop Waste website and finally, um, I had a couple of, of um, public meetings. One was May 21st. I was at the Alameda Point Collaborative Farm to Table luncheon, which was fabulous, and the food was tremendous. I was at Alameda Point Collaborative out in the, um, the gigantic garden, uh, which isn't really a garden. It's actually a farm where they grow many vegetables and, and fruits, and it was really lovely. And then I also attended the Grand Street Public Meeting, many of you and many members of the public joined that. And finally, I spoke to the Rotary Club last month and um, updated them on some of the things that we're doing, including Grand Street. And um, finally, I just want to close my remarks. Thank you to the city manager for mentioning graduation. And we actually even heard earlier about today being D-Day. And, and I want to mention, um, I'm going to take this opportunity to mention two young women that I'm friends with that I know fairly well who um, are graduating both from Alameda High School. The first is um, Lily Johnson and her mother, Marcy Soslaw Johnson, is, um, was here earlier. She works for the Community Development Department in our city. And Lily Johnson is a tremendous, very active, very dedicated young woman graduating from Alameda High. And as I mentioned, she um, on today, 6-6, six, 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 um, it makes me proud to say that this young woman is so, so accomplished she, and so dedicated to um, our country that she has taken a um, appointment to the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. And her friend and um, a, a, another track, track star from Alameda High, another very good friend of mine, Camille Dawson is taking an appointment and going to be leaving in about three weeks to attend the Naval Academy. So we're very fortunate Alameda has, um, our public schools are, are doing a great job and I'm really excited to see these two young women going to our, our, um, our academies, our, our uh, military academies to support our country and to, 
to um, use all of the things that they've learned here in Alameda. And that's my remarks. Oh, sorry, I have one more thing talking about young people in Alameda. I also wanted to mention another young person in Alameda who's a little bit older. He's not a graduate. He's 24 years old, I believe. Um, Brian Wu, who is um, another young man that I've known for many years, who um, on last uh, Saturday, was this? yeah, last Saturday, Brian started for the Seattle Mariners. He started against the Seattle Mariners. He was the starting pitcher. He was pulled, he was called up the day before that. I think he actually arrived in the morning, but he, he um, Brian actually pitched two full innings for the Mariners against Texas. And it was just wonderful to see. Again, all of the things that we do in Alameda, our youth leagues, our public schools, all the support we give to youth, it's great to see these outcomes for our young people. Thank you. Thank you, Councilmember Jensen. Um, Councilmember Vela. Um, I attended the uh, the monthly um, uh, Alameda County Healthy Homes JPA uh, lead abatement uh, JPA meeting, and um, we did get a, a grant um, from the EPA. Uh, and there's going to be uh, county training for building inspectors and code enforcement officers um, for renovation repair training. Um, the first is going to be uh, the first uh, set of training. It's going to be a series of trainings uh, because of the amount of time. Um, but uh, the first one will be um, in June in the city of Oakland. There'll be um, more in, uh, in August, likely in the city of Berkeley. Um, and, and some additional ones into the fall. And that's just to make sure that we're um, making sure that all of our code enforcement officers and inspectors are uh, SB 1076 compliant. Um, and so it requires uh, folks to get uh, the training and a refresher every five years. So um, our, um, uh, our building inspectors and uh, code enforcement folks, um, I think are aware of the, the training uh, and hopefully anyone who needs to, to get the training or the refresher will attend. Um, unfortunately, the bills uh, that we uh, had supported uh, for, uh, you know, more, more testing, uh, more lead testing uh, got stalled in appropriations. Um, but we'll, uh, it is a tough year, as we've all heard. Um, uh, hopefully be continuing forward with some uh, grant applications um, with from the EPA, but also um, trying to do more outreach and education uh, to make sure that folks are getting uh, their children uh, tested uh, and um, actually requesting what is an optional test. So if you're not, um, if you if you have private insurance, uh, typically you can opt out of the testing, uh, and it's not um, as you know. It's not always recommended. Uh, we're trying to make sure that we get the word out and parents uh, know to get their children tested. It's especially important for newcomer students um, who wouldn't get uh, the testing early on um, ahead of school. Uh, so for newcomer students, we're trying to do a lot more education with school nurses and are partnering with uh, our school districts. Uh, so wanted to give that update. I also, um, in line with Councilmember Jensen, want to congratulate all of the participants uh, and, and athletes uh, in Alameda Little League, uh, as well as those who run the league. Um, I know that there were some weather challenges early on. Uh, the closing ceremonies were last weekend, uh, and it was a great season. Oh, thank you very much. Lots going on in Alameda. Councilmember Spencer. Thank you, Mayor. 
Um, first of all, I do want to uh, congratulate all the graduates, uh, all the ages, TK, kindergarten, fifth through sixth grade, middle school and high school. I, I honestly think every graduation is important. So I encourage you all to celebrate it. Uh, I wanted to share that I was able to attend uh, an, a new event, Asian and Pacific Islander Arts and Culture Festival that was put on by Rhythmics and a, a new um, nonprofit in town, Forward Alameda. I know the vice mayor attended. I believe uh, Councilmember Jensen was also able to attend. Um, and there were a lot of, uh, it was marvelous. It was at the new Bohol Circle Immigrant Park. Um, marvelous event. I think it's going to be annual, so I encourage everyone to attend in the future. If you didn't attend this year, I was also able to attend Studio 23, had their 10-year anniversary. I don't know if you all know, but it's in the corner of Encinal and Oak, and they have their 10-year uh, celebration is closing June 16th, so if you haven't had a chance to drop by, I encourage you to. Alameda Community Sailing had their annual open house and barbecue, and that's honestly a wonderful opportunity if you're at all interested in either having your child learn to uh, sail or you as an adult or family can participate. And it's right by Encinal High, and it's very reasonably priced, and it's honestly run by a lot of volunteers of actually all ages, youth that have uh, mastered sailing help out. Uh, East Bay Mud had their 100th birthday. I was able to attend that at late. Temescal, very nice event. The chamber recently had Alameda Hospital as a guest and they did a really, really good job. Um, and I do encourage everyone to try to attend meetings uh, that either the chamber puts on or the hospital. I think it's really important to keep um, you know, uh, up to date of what's happening at our local hospital. FOSS had a community meeting I was able to attend. And then the Memorial Day event, uh, many of us were able to attend that. I really want to thank our veterans that put that on every year. And I want to thank everyone that attended and participated in any way. I just think it's critically important to support our veterans. Um, and then I was also able to attend the Antique Fair. So those of you who don't know, it's back and it's a great attendance. Coming up, things that you might want to be interested in. Uh, the skate park is having an event this Saturday. I believe it's at 1 p.m. Um, Architectural Preservation Society on Sunday have, have their awards. Um, and then, oh, actually, I think that completes my remarks. So thank you. All right. So um, quickly, it has been a busy uh, couple of weeks since our last council meeting. I want to quickly thank Vice Mayor Desog for the appearances you've made for me. And I think I have a couple for you coming up. Um, anyway, maybe the, uh, there'll be more, trust me, but I do I'm so appreciate when you when you say yes. And um, anyway, on um, May the 17th, I got to speak and help present awards at the Kiwanis Club Hope of America Awards um, over next door at the Elks Club where outstanding eighth graders from schools across the city are recognized. It is lovely. And I think we all were choking up at various moments because we heard from um, not only the students who were being honored, but from their teachers. And um, we have some fine teachers in this, um, in this city and it's a noble calling. On uh, May the 19th, I and Sarah Henry, our Public Information Officer, Communications Director, welcomed a visiting delegation from our sister, our South Korean sister city, Yongdong, um, a group of business people. And um, 
And they were very enthusiastic to be able to make an in-person visit. And then I zipped out to Hercules because the East Bay Division of the League of California Cities, I'm on the executive board, and that's the cities of Alameda and Contra Costa County, were doing a lunch meeting with our neighboring assembly member, Buffy Wicks. And so I was able to attend that. And you know, the, the legislation she's sponsoring are the kinds of things for housing and transit that we would um, also be supporting. And we work together. And also on Sunday, May the 21st, I was at the Urban Farm to Table Luncheon out at Plowshares Nursery. And wasn't it a beautiful day? Councilmember Jensen, I mean, you know, we've had kind of mm, spotty weather. This spring has not always been the warmest, but it was lovely out there and the long table set up with an awning over it. And the lunch that was served was from the fields. And um, I think the bread was maybe baked by Firebrand um, Bakery, but it was it was just delightful. There's something about being out there among the trees, I think, um, and, and crops and things, something about bringing back my Davis days. But that was lovely. And, and of course, it was to highlight and raise money for the Alameda um, uh, Point Collaborative. Then on uh, Memorial Day, May the 29th, as was noted, um, some of us attended the Memorial Day ceremony I was asked to speak, as was um, Captain Kerry Chase of the Naval Reserve Center down here on Clement. And I will note that right now in the East Bay, the commanding officers of three military bases that we have are all women. We have, of course, Captain Jackie Leverage, Jacqueline Leverage out at um, Coast Guard Island, Alameda resident. And then we have Captain Carrie Chase, who was at the Memorial Day ceremony with her um, husband and her son and daughter, who are in, uh, I think they're both in high school or they're, they're a rising freshman, a rising senior. And then out in Dublin at Camp Parks, the um, commanding officer there, I just went blank on her name, but also also a woman, proud of that. And on, um, ah, so I had a very exciting weekend this uh, and a quick weekend. I did a quick trip to Columbus, Ohio, because the US Conference of Mayors was doing their mid-year conference. And our police chief, uh, Nishant Joshi, and I were invited to present on a panel that included um, uh, the, the moderator is the mayor, Jane Castor, the mayor of Tampa, Florida, who is the former police chief of Tampa, Florida. And also on the panel was Jerry Dyer, who's the mayor of Fresno, California, and the former police chief of Fresno. I will say that I asked Chief Joshi if he wanted to run for council or mayor, and he just looked at me like I was crazy, but you know, others are doing it. And then um, the interim police chief of Aurora, Colorado, and Chief Joshi and myself, and the topic was the use of software, analytic software to analyze body-worn camera data. And um, great presentation, great discussion. It started out with a clip from CNN. And um, I told Chief Joshi not to expect any of the California contingent of mayors because our speaking time was 9.15 on a Sunday morning. And I was sure my colleagues had been out Saturday night. but. The mayor of Hayward, Mark Salinas, did attend, but it was it was well attended and a really nice opportunity. And um, the chief did a good job, and I think I did too. Anyway, thank you all for your time. Thank you so much to staff. And look at this, people. This meeting is adjourned just after nine, like nine twelve p.m. All right, go home. Have a good evening. Be safe getting there. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Good night.